0: Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how's it going? It's going
1: good, Henry. It's a nice day out in the Bay. Um, We got some good rain
0: coming in, but that meant we got to stay indoors and watch some movies. Indeed we did. Today is Tuesday, February 26th, 2019, and today we're going to talk about animated movies. So this is something we discussed a little bit previously. I think it kind of sprang from the fact that you were really shocked that I had never seen The Lion King, right? I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it was in our first episode about movies we were looking forward to, it and I said The Lion King, and yeah. then you we were like, oh, I've never even seen the cartoon. And then, then I was, yeah, I think I was really shocked. Yeah, you're like,
0: what? Yeah. <laughs> Almost like offended, right? <laughs> kind of. And it got us talking a little bit about how I hadn't seen a lot of classic animated Disney movies, and as it turned out you hadn't seen a lot of classic anime movies right um so it got us talking and thinking about oh hey maybe we can do a little bit of um of a swap right like yes you watch some of mine i watch some of yours so uh-huh. um here we are we're gonna do it but first a couple news items you want to start us off there perfurio yeah so uh,
1: this just happened i think either today or yesterday um you you hate Rotten Tomatoes. We all know that if you listen to previous episodes.
0: But, <laughs> Not a huge fan.
1: <laughs> but there's been a lot of controversy behind Rotten Tomatoes because of the movie Captain Marvel coming out in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already gotten a lot of negative reviews by fans. And like I said, the movie hasn't even came out yet. Yeah. So what does Rotten Tomatoes do? They just wipe out that section about like fans writing reviews for a movie that hasn't even been released yet. Mm-hmm. So at least that's one way to keep the trolls out.
0: Yeah, you know, like you mentioned, I'm not a huge fan of Rotten Tomatoes, but I do like this move. You know, I think it's pretty ridiculous that we've been seeing a lot of this, negative fan reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for movies that haven't even come out yet right i think we saw this with black panther and some of the star wars movies Mm -hmm. right um yeah i'm totally for this you know it's clearly people just trolling just hating right um so let's get rid of it and i'm really glad they decided to remove that altogether now are you saying that after the movie releases they will start showing this metric again
1: I think that's what yeah I think just for like that anticipation review section about like num- fans who are looking forward to it or want to write like an early review I think just that section has been cut but once the movie is actually released I think fans can once again be able to write the reviews because you know there's like that critic's perspective versus a fan yeah. perspective. But I don't know what, how, if again that hate gets spewed online by trolls, how Rotten Tomatoes is going to be able to, um, you know, kind of like fix that issue.
0: Yeah. I'm almost thinking we don't need it altogether. <laughs> you know, even <laughs> after the movie comes out, uh-huh. it just, it's like tainted, right? It's tainted with these haters that really, you know, aren't providing anything and any anything of, of help to people going on to Rotten Tomatoes, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, you know me. I
1: look to Rotten Tomatoes to see if I actually want to go watch that $15 movie in theaters, yeah, if but, I'm on the but fence.
0: But let me ask you this. Do you look at the fan rating? You just look at the critics' rating, right?
1: I look at both. You look at both, um, okay. Because, one, I mean, a lot of times I feel like critics look at – look at like visual effects sound r- sound soundtrack or a really good plot line that tackles very serious themes yeah um i mean like you know like for example pacific rim i love that movie to death a lot of fans would say they love that movie also critics on the other hand think that it's a basic movie for kids <laughs> okay so you know it's just i guess like there's, like, different views about, like, what makes a good movie. Yeah. Like, going to watch it for, like, academic purposes versus actually just watching for the hell of it. Yeah. Um, but then, like I said, I also look at the fan reviews because they just want to review, like, whether you li- they like it or not.
0: But knowing that the fan reviews are essentially tainted... Doesn't that make it kind of useless? Like now it does. <laughs> now it does. So, uh-huh. but but you just said you still look at that sometimes, right? I mean,
1: I feel like this is like something that's been—it's kind of new. I mean, I, I can't think of another movie that's been like tainted on the review side by fans.
0: Well, I mean, I listed a couple. Like, wasn't Black Panther and the last, the last Jedi tainted by fan reviews? Well, that's true. Right. So, yeah. look, I mean. I mean, I don't really look at it, Um, and I don't know. I I would encourage other people not to really look at that because (laughs) I feel like it is kind of tainted, you know? Uh Um, But I, I guess as long as you have the understanding that a portion of that is coming from certain population that uh, maybe isn't even watching the movie and has like another agenda and has nothing else to do yeah exactly <laughs> um, maybe then you can kind of frame it and um i don't know uh-huh. uh go about your movie watching accordingly exactly there you go but speaking on critic reviews the oscars the oscars yeah yeah i definitely wanted to talk
1: about the oscars uh-huh. a little bit yeah you had a good story item about the oscars Yeah,
0: you know, um, comic fans rejoice. Into the Spider-Verse is an Oscar winner. Best animated feature. Um, Yeah, this is probably the moment of the night for me watching the Oscars on Sunday. So stoked. And uh, not only did Spider-Verse win, but Black Panther did take home a few trophies as well. Nothing major, but Black Panther did win uh, costume design, production design, and original score. So very cool. Um, but yeah, back to Into the Spider-Verse real quick. Um, the Inters- Into the Spider-Verse Oscar win really does tie into our theme today because we, w- we are going to talk about animated movies. And um, I think this year, the, the year 2019 is a great time to talk animated movies. Into the Spider-Verse has taken home the best animated feature for the Oscars, and it really is a groundbreaking movie. Mm-hmm. It's a groundbreaking animated film, and I think I mentioned this to you before, but you know, going into Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not really a huge animated movie kind of guy, But I walked out of that theater like, I think I'm an animated movie kind of guy now. It was so fantastic, you know. Um, So a a real breakthrough moment. And we're going to talk about a couple movies that uh, the year 2019 relates to as well. So shall we get into our main theme now? Let's do it. All right. So we're going to talk about two movies that are beloved to us. They're very different movies, Uh, but my beloved movie is the Japanese anime film Akira. And your beloved movie is the Disney classic, The Lion King. So you couldn't pick two, you know, more, I don't know, (laughs) different movies, Uh Uh, but I think it'll make for an interesting conversation. And uh, just real quick, why did I mention the year 2019 being particularly relevant to these movies? Well, A, the film Akira, interestingly, takes place in the year 2019. So this movie came out way back in 1988. In the very beginning of the movie, it says, uh, you know, like World War III occurred in 1988 and then cut to 31 years later 2019 neo tokyo that's where and when the events of akira take place so we've caught up we are now in the timeline of akira <laughs> which is pretty awesome
1: uh-huh. fun fact i mean go ahead with akira there's this um olympic stadium that is takes place in the movie and that's like like Henry said in 2019 that's when this film takes place But next year, 2020, the Olympics take place in Tokyo, right? which is where
0: this movie takes place, in Neo-Tokyo. So (laughs) what are the odds of that? Will next year's Olympics be in Tokyo or will it be in (laughs) (laughs) Neo-Tokyo? Hopefully, it'll still be Tokyo because Neo-Tokyo is pretty messed up, as uh, we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, before we get into Akira, real quick on Lion King. Lion King came out a few years later, 1994, and guess what? Do a little math, and this year, 2019, is the 25th anniversary of The Lion King. So uh, a big moment for that movie, and um, to honor that, there's going to be a Lion King live-action movie coming out this year, right? Uh, So, yeah, I think we mentioned that previously, and that Mm -hmm. really got us down this rabbit hole of uh, doing this episode, right? We're going to talk about uh, uh, animated movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, Lion King, 25 years old. Can you believe that? All right. So let's start with Akira. It comes okay. first alphabetically and comes first chronologically. So why don't we start there?
1: Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're the one who recommended me to watch Akira. Yeah um before I give my thoughts I just kind of want to know like out of all the animated movies why did you chose Akira for me to watch
0: well um yeah you know I mentioned just now that I didn't consider myself a huge animated movie fan Mm -hmm. before into the spider-verse now I'm kind of like yeah let's uh let me see some more of that stuff, right? <laughs> um, but before that, I, I definitely wouldn't consider myself a huge fan of animated movies. The big exception is Akira. I've always loved this movie. I first watched it, I think, sometime in the 90s. Really dug it. And um, every time I rewatch it, you know, I feel like I get something new out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really, I really. Uh, Love this movie. And um, what else can I say? I mean, I think we'll get into this quite a bit more, but um, with animated movies, um, you mentioned the word cartoon before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, animated movies and animated TV shows are often referred to as cartoons. Uh, with Akira, Akira feels like, you know, I think I might have pinpointed it just now in my head. It feels like the feeling I got watching Into the Spider-Verse. It felt like a live comic book. You know, it felt like a comic book come to life. And maybe that's ultimately why I really love it. You know, it didn't feel like a cartoon, you know, like something... I might have watched on a a weekday afternoon in my youth it felt really like this uh, event where a comic book was coming to life so I think that's a big part of it and I think a big part of why I felt like um, I wanted to introduce you to it Mm -hmm. you know I know we both really loved Into the Spider-Verse and we bonded over it and we Gushed over it, um, and to me, a big part of my love for that movie is the fact that it's a comic book come to life, and I think there's a lot of that with Akira too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, so uh, let's get into it. I'm really curious about your take on this movie, so maybe you can start with your thoughts. Okay. And, and real quick, um, uh, both of these movies are, you know, over 20 years old, so i don't think we need to to do non-spoilery stuff so
1: so let's just go deep into it yeah
0: spoiler alert and at this point like come on (laughs) it's fine uh so go ahead Uh, your thoughts on akira Uh preferio yeah when i first
1: started watching it like within like i think like the first two minutes there's like blood Blood. and all this stuff i was like i was watching i was like okay this is not going to be a kids animated movie like pokemon or naruto (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is going to be an adult movie and um at first it was kind of hard keeping up with what was going on i was like okay it's like in a dystopian kind of future Mm -hmm. um then I thought the movie, because the movie starts off with two Vikings fighting each other. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is, the the movie's going to center around this. But then it goes into like some telekinesis character coming in and um, t- t- what's his name? T- Tetsu? Uh, Tetsuo. Tetsuo. Yeah. He develops those powers also, these psychic powers. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Okay, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I am totally lost." Yeah. Um, but the movie was entertaining. It was for me. It was a bit slow. I mm-hmm. felt like it didn't have to be as long as it had to be. Um, there were some things like the visuals. I give nothing but praise to, especially during its time back in 1988. Yeah. I give nothing but praise for the visuals. Just the plot line i was kind of like i felt like it dragged on and i was kind of like confused to what the actual plot who's the villain what's going on like i was (laughs) kind of confused about that yeah i was like what is akira no one's explaining anything to me (laughs) 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 but um after i watched the movie i thought it was okay yeah yeah
0: okay that's fair i think that's a pretty solid take and i I definitely understand your point of view because I've seen this film a number of times, and like I've been saying, I really love it and almost like it even more each time I see it. But I do agree that the plot is kind of incomprehensible, mm-hmm. you know, um, to me, almost in a good way, because the focus of the movie really isn't so much a story, but rather. Stuff, like you mentioned, the visuals of it. It's, uh, it's a story not so much to be followed, but to be experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, shortly into the movie, to really get the most out of it, I feel you have to just sort of let go and just go for the ride. You know, just go on that visual trip and um, try not to get caught up in the plot points too much. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of my take. Um, But uh, uh, just to go back real quick, maybe we'll talk about just some specifics of the movie. Like uh, you mentioned Tetsuo, who does develop, develop mutant powers throughout the movie, and he is essentially the antagonist. He's basically the villain of the movie. It's hard to say villain because... I mean, there really isn't an outright villain of the movie, but I guess he would be the one. Um, And the hero of the movie, and you could argue he's not really a hero, but the the protagonist certainly is uh, Kaneda. He is the uh, motorcycle-riding cocky anti-hero of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So... And like, you know, watching this... I just watched this last night. First time in quite a while. But I did watch this last night in preparation for our discussion today. And, um, you know, the characters, I think, are a big reason why I like this movie a lot, too. You know, I like the fact that the lines are blurred a bit. Like, our hero isn't an outright hero. Our villain isn't an outright villain. There's a lot of gray area, you know... um, Kaneda is is uh, he's this street punk who's kind of cocky and you know can be kind of annoying and he's kind of a bully too like he early in the movie kind of bullies Tetsuo right and mm-hmm. Tetsuo that almost leads him to doing like some pretty extreme stuff later in the movie after he's developed his his powers right um, so I, I like that I like the fact that you kind of don't exactly know who to root for and and at the end yeah it's it's kind of a head scratcher like i don't know what's going on i don't i'm not sure who the villain is is there a villain who is akira Uh you know all of that is kind of cool i think you know um you you kind of gotta just let go and go for the ride Mm -hmm. i think you know um So, maybe I'll just keep going on on some stuff I really liked. Um, You talked about the visuals. The visuals are amazing. And um, you referred to Neo Tokyo as a dystopian future. And um, yeah, certainly, like what the people go through in this movie, like there's political unrest, there's like this military state, right? It's not exactly a place. You would want to live um but it's certainly a place i'd want to live just to look at (laughs) i mean it Uh looks phenomenal it's beautiful right and you mentioned how the movie kind of starts off with this uh biker gang showdown yeah there's this chase right and um it always gets me when there's this shot of neo tokyo just beautiful at night you see the lights of the city And there's this incredible musical score with the drums and it's just uh it is it's it's really I, i can't describe like the feeling i get every time i see this it's just like whoa you know like it really just transports you to a different world right awesome and we alluded to some of Like, there's some superpowers going on. There's this kind of cool mutant aspect to the movie, right? So we talked about how Tetsuo develops mutant powers. He's just a regular kid at the beginning, but over the course of the movie, he develops powers, and he becomes very powerful at the end. So powerful that he can't really even control his powers. Uh, But he's not the only one. So there are these really bizarre-looking children. I hesitate to call them children because they're like... They look like children, but their faces are, like, really old. Uh And, yeah, they have superpowers. And they kind of can do what characters like Professor X and uh, Marvel Girl can do from the X-Men, right? They have, like, mental powers and telekinetic-type powers, Uh right? Yeah. Really cool. Like, they look weird um, and, um, like... And that was an aspect that really drew me in too, because all this cyberpunk stuff I'm really into. You know, Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Blade Runner, you know, I, I dig the aesthetics of those films. And, you know, when I say Ghost in the Shell, I'm talking about the original anime movie, not the Scarlett Johansson <laughs> movie. Let's just be c- clear. Uh, but I, a reason why I think Akira elevates above all that stuff or at least one of them is it does have this kind of superhero superpowers aspect. It's kind of like X-Men meets cyberpunk, right? Yeah. It yeah. has that aspect to it, right? It does have like an X-Men kind of feel to it at times, right? And um, that's uh, that's pretty cool to me. Um, you know, it's it is kind of hard to describe because what you mentioned is very valid, like, the movie looks cool. I don't think anyone's denying that, but it, it is pretty hard to get past the plot because it it kind of doesn't make sense. And yeah, it is a little long, and there's some aspects of the movie where you're just sort of like, okay, um, not sure why they put that in there, but you mm-hmm. know. Um, uh, so yeah, ultimately, it is hard for me to, to describe why I love it so much and why. Like, you know, like, I continue to love it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I'm kind of rambling here. Uh, any other thoughts on this movie and on me, your end?
1: Uh, um, just as you know, I, I said I was on the boat about, like, why this movie was really beloved while I thought it was okay. Yeah. Apparently, like, you know, I've read a bunch of articles about, like, saying what you're saying how this movie was like kind of like the first of its kind when it came to like this yeah. genre yeah it kind of was like a big influencer um and, and a big like just kind of like new genre for especially like the western world mm-hmm. you know this is something that's never been shown on the big screen here in the u.s And it kind of introduced it to this Japanese genre of anime, you know, Mm -hmm. before Naruto, before Ghost in the Shell, before Pokemon, before all that, there was this movie. Yeah. And I read there's been other like Hollywood movies that have been like influenced by this movie, such as like the prequels to Star Wars, Kill Bill, Inception. And, you know, thinking back on it, I'm like, okay, I could definitely see it, how it's like really trippy experimental with visuals and everything so mm-hmm. um i think it's like what you're saying how they're it's not so much maybe the plot line because it's so complex yeah but yeah it has to do a lot with how the visuals complement the plot line you know yeah
0: yeah yeah solid take there and um maybe to wrap up on akira i just had some other thoughts you know like Yeah, I kind of like how the movie almost intentionally makes things confusing and vague, right? So, you know, it's kind of questionable. Should I be rooting for Kaneda? Should I be rooting against Tetsuo? Mm -hmm. Is there a villain? If there is a villain, who's the villain? Um, There are some pretty interesting themes that are... Presented, but not really like presented super explicitly. There are themes of death and rebirth. There are themes of the dangers of trying to exploit things we do not understand mm-hmm. and cannot control. Um, but it's just kind of like you know presented to us to observe, and and then it kind of moves into some other territory, and um. Nothing is really given to us in a straightforward way. And I think the movie kind of challenges us to come up with our own thoughts. Like, you know, what do you think the movie's about? Well, if that's what you think it's about, then that's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like it's that kind of movie. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't work great, but um, I really like how it was done here. You know, with beautiful visuals and just sort of letting you make out of it whatever you want to make out of it. Yeah. Right.
1: Totally makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, And uh, one last thing. Um, Previous viewings, I, like a lot of people, really like Kaneda. He looks cool. He's got this awesome motorcycle um, his motorcycle was featured in the movie Ready Player One. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's his look is iconic. The red jacket with the red uh, motorcycle. He's cool. There's no doubting that. And, and I've always really dug his look. Um, but previously, I wasn't as big a fan of Tetsuo. I really kind of loved him uh, when I watched this again last night. You know, he's... He's almost more relatable because he's the guy who got bullied earlier on. He had some troubles in his childhood, and um, ultimately, just yeah, a little more relatable. Like there's this kind of cool, quick little scene with him and his girlfriend, and they're just sort of figuring out what they want to do. And he's like, "I just wanna, I just wanna get away. Like, why don't we just go away together? You know?" And that's the kind of thinking I understand. You know, if you got problems, you just Want to escape, right? And um, I also want to note that I really like his look at the end of the movie. Not so much when he's this huge blob monster, <laughs> but um, his look does change over time, right? He goes from this really kind of meek, um, anxious, skinny dude to like this powerful, super human individual, right? Mm-hmm. But he's got this look at the end where he's wearing a, a red cape. He's got a bionic arm. And his hair is like all, spiked all up. like spiked back, right yeah. really cool look <laughs> um it's gotten me thinking like uh a cosplay, you know what I mean yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah, that's what I got to say. I love this movie, and um, I do understand people who don't quite quote unquote get it and maybe not dig it so much but uh i uh I love it a mm-hmm. uh, few questions
1: before we moved on, yeah um. You know how how old were you when you
0: first watched this movie? Let's see. So I gotta say, mm, I don't even remember exactly when I first saw it, but probably like in my twenties. Probably in, 20s? in my twenties. Yeah. Uh
1: uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, that's a uh, you know because we're gonna jump into like the Lion King, a family oriented yeah. film. Yeah, and, and that's and an important
0: question. Like, <laughs> when did you first see? These movies, right? That's uh-huh. like that's a key question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like in the context of seeing this movie in my 20s, like I, I saw a lot of pretty extreme stuff in my 20s. Like that's when I got into Quentin Tarantino and um, like, like uh, ultra-violent Hong Kong cinema, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of telling about like the way my uh, movie tastes went uh, during that era.
1: Hmm. Um, yes, yeah, as, as I was saying, like you know, con- to kind of segue, but not really into the Lion King. Yeah. Um, when you watch the Lion King, did you watch it with your son or? As it turns out, I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what about with Akira? How old do you think you want him to
0: be before he <laughs> watches it? I'm not sure if I want him to see this movie like ever. <laughs> like it's funny because. Um, Uh, my son Simon and I did watch Lion King together. And um, last night I had Akira on. Um, I wanted to watch it in preparation for this discussion. And um, he was, you know, not watching it with me, but he was like at the dinner table, like across the room. And he, he even had his iPad on, right? So I figured I was like, oh, I was probably okay if I just have this on the TV, like on the other side of the room. Uh-huh. Um, but he started to kind of freak out because he, he thought it was scary, and you know, like you're saying, it's a violent movie. Yeah. And, um, uh, basically, I had to turn it off and watch <laughs> it by myself <laughs> later. Um, yeah. Uh, let Let's see. Let's say I I'm, I don't want to say like oh, I don't want him to watch this ever. Yeah. Um, like, but maybe but, like wait till he's an adult
1: yeah like it's like teenager like right um are you thinking well i said 18
0: i said adult meaning 18 but yeah i mean for a teen i i I saw a lot of pretty extreme stuff as a teenager Uh so yeah yeah i'll say that teenager (laughs) leave it at that
1: (laughs) okay um so do you want to talk lion king now let's get into it okay okay. yay my (laughs) choice that i gave to henry was lion king yes um do you want to go into your thoughts about maybe it? I'll start I'll start uh-huh.
0: because uh, I think I have fair amount to talk about here um uh, but yeah the Lion King uh, maybe I'll talk about about my experience watching it so uh-huh. um like I said, I did watch it with my son and uh he really dug it you know he uh-huh. really liked it a lot um, not too surprisingly um he liked it a lot um And that viewing, I will say this, I didn't quite get through it all because I did fall asleep. (laughs) I'll say that. Now, I don't think it was so much because I was super bored with the movie. I just happened to be really tired that afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I was very comfortable on my couch. (laughs) And I had an opportunity to sleep, so my body went to sleep. So um, I did fall asleep. So I ended up watching it. essentially for a second time in full consciousness um interestingly i watched it last night um with akira like i watched them like back to back you know that was that was a fucking weird experience i'll That's say that much couple, yeah yeah very weird um but okay it has to be said that i did fall asleep the first time i watched it and when i say the first time this was the first time i had never laid eyes on this movie until the year 2019 okay Um, so now that I've seen the full movie, um, I can talk about it. So, look, I know this is a really beloved movie with a lot of people, and, um, I'm not here to shit on The Lion King, um, but I have to say... It didn't really resonate with me a whole mm-hmm. lot. I have to say. I mean, uh, it sounded like Akira didn't really resonate with you a lot. <laughs> yes, I was so say, it's pretty fair. <laughs> uh, it's fair. And, <laughs> and I think uh, this is kind of a trend. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, we talked. We had a uh, horror movie swap a while back where I gave you The Shining and you gave me uh, Insidious, right? And uh-huh. neither of us were really feeling each other's movie that much. I, I, I think we're kind of along the same wavelengths here. Uh-huh. You know. Um so again the last night was the first time I saw The Lion King in its entirety and um maybe there's something to when you see these movies like you asked the question earlier like when did you see Akira you know um if I saw The Lion King when I was a kid I would probably love it then and now probably you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to say. Like revisionist history, it's hard to say. But the fact that I didn't see this movie as a kid, I mean, you know that 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 was big. I think because I'm watching this movie, which I feel is essentially a kids' movie. Yeah. You know, it's not meant for a middle-aged man like me to watch for the first time, right? Yeah. Um, so there is that. Uh, yeah. Before I go any further on. With that, uh, any any thoughts so far
1: uh-huh. for Furio? I mean, The Lion King came out in 94, the year I was born. So, Oh, wow. Honestly, I don't know when I watched it. I, I know I was small. I don't know how old I was when I watched it. Um, but that movie was, you know, that was the shit when I was
0: younger. Right. Um, but when in your lifetime did you first see it? Were you... Like a teenager, or were you like a young child, you know?
1: When I, the first time I saw it, yeah, I was probably sometimes smaller than I was five. Oh, wow. Okay, see, all right.
0: Well, you know, Uh you probably saw it at the age Simon first saw it with me, yeah, maybe Uh he saw it at age four, so maybe Uh the exact same
1: age. Could have been that. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I know it could have been older than five when I first saw it, so. The lion king you know obviously has a special place in my heart the music's incredible the it's a cartoon so obviously the visuals for me are just like "Well, my gosh this is freaking amazing <laughs> and you know it's just i guess and then when i first understood like the story story was probably when i was like in probably like fifth or sixth grade you know the whole like Mufasa dying and Simba coming take back his Pride wa- Rock and everything. I was like, mm-hmm. I was now I was getting the themes and I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this movie's awesome. Oh, so <laughs>
0: like, almost like what I'm saying with Akira, it uh-huh. evolving and getting better each time I see it. Sort of the same here, right? Each yeah. time you see it, it's like something new surfaces. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep.
1: So you know, for the Lion King, the live action movie coming out this year, I have like nothing but excitement. Um, and I feel like, you know, my generation is going to be like, totally going to fill up that theater room. Like there's going to be little kids and everything, but we're going to be like, you need to take a step back because this is our movie, you know? Nice. (laughs) Like know your place. (laughs) Um... And, you know, I don't know if that would change for you since this is going to be a live-action movie versus being a cartoon, whether or not you're going to have your perception change. Mm -hmm. But for me, that nostalgic feeling is just going to kick in and be like, oh, my gosh, this movie is incredible. And, you know, that's my take for The Lion King.
0: Got it. Yeah, to me, it's going to be a tall order because someone who doesn't have that nostalgia piece it's going to be really hard for me to really uh, connect with the live action movie you know Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, you know objectively I I did you know try to sort of parse out what I enjoyed and what I didn't enjoy so much Um, and this kind of goes to what I was talking about with Akira like with the nuance in the characters you know Um, ultimately I felt like this was A kids movie and with kids movies it's it tends to be very black and white right we have characters like Mufasa who is a hero's hero he's truly heroic Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's very straightforward he's a flawless character right um and then on the flip side you have Scar who is Essentially pure evil. There's really nothing redeeming about this character. He's mean. He's angry. He's petty. You know. Um, you know. We've talked some about like, oh, what makes for a good villain? You know, what makes for a good villain? Very often is a villain that you can relate to. I, I talked about like aspects of the Tetsuo character. I liked it's that relatability. Like, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I I felt like this Tetsuo kid. Sometimes I was bullied and. I, w- I felt like an outsider, um, but with Scar and Mufasa, they just felt like these very character caricature type characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: like stereotypical character. Yeah. Good. good yeah, we got
0: the the, the super noble heroic uh, Mufasa and and the and and the villainous, very straightforward evil. Uh, Scar,
1: right? Uh, it's funny you actually say that. Like, you know, obviously this is a kids' movie that has that hero versus villain archetype. Yeah. And obviously, as a kid, I was like, "Go, Mufasa!" And right. Screw Scar, but now as like an adult, I'm like, "Okay, Mufasa so boring, <laughs> and Scar is totally entertaining." I could see uh. why. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. It, I think it's like what you said. How it pertains to a certain age group. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm just like. Scar is way more entertaining. Can we can we get him his own movie? He's I could watch another movie just with him alone.
0: Oh, interesting. So like like I was saying, I'm not a huge fan of the Scar character. The character I did like quite a bit was Simba, because Simba does have a very rich character arc. There is some nuance in his character. Like um, he essentially turns his back on his people, right? Mm-hmm. And he. Doesn't necessarily do the right thing all the time, right? And he, he's, he, the, the, the things that Simba does throughout the movie, you know, are things that we as regular humans do. We, we do things that are like maybe a little cowardly and, and, you know, he, he's, he, he feels guilt. He feels a lot of guilt for his father's death. And mm-hmm. it, it just, th- that character, um, I think was, was easily the, the most well-written character of the movie i think pretty much every other character was it didn't feel like like a real i don't hesitate to say person because they're all animals but like <laughs> you know a, a real like nuanced character right um but i will say that i, I felt the simba character uh was 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 pretty rich and uh, and layered mm-hmm. yeah um so what else i think um We should talk about the music because the music is very famous. And um, yeah, for someone who had never seen this movie, like there were certain songs that came on. I'm like, oh, I've heard this like a lot in my life, right? (laughs) You know, from Circle of Life to Can Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. (laughs) (laughs) These are songs I've heard throughout my life, you know? Um, And again, maybe it's because... Uh, they weren't songs that I embraced as a young person, but um, again, they they didn't really resonate with me. Like, I I know for a fact, like, someone like you, when you hear these songs, like, they probably transport you to a place, like, maybe from your childhood. Oh, yeah. Or, like, a happy place Uh or something, right? Uh Not the case for me. I hear it, I'm just, I don't know. I'm like, it just makes me feel like, I'm at the Disney store or something, <laughs> like, like you know, just something like boring like that. So it didn't uh-huh. really do a whole lot for me. I, I mean, again, you know, I, I don't want to like incur the wrath of <laughs> of Disney fans, but I'm just uh, giving you my opinion. That's no, all I I'm could doing. I could
1: definitely see that. Like for me, you know, the circle of life. I think one, it's a good meaningful song, but two, it's like what you're saying how it could transport me back to a nostalgic memory feeling. Yeah. Um, you know i told you i first saw the movie when i was like a small kid mm-hmm. and my cousins they were like in their teenage years yeah and what they would do for fun is you know that um uh that scene where Simba gets taken up like as a ki- baby cub oh yeah above Pride Rock yep like my cousins would do that to me when <laughs> when i was smaller <laughs> oh wow and um so every time i hear that the the circle of life it always reminds me of that that memory oh, like wow. you were saying yeah and, that's special uh-huh and i think that's what could be said about like a lot of disney movies you know like mm-hmm. you know let it go from frozen god i hate that song <laughs> but i could my one of my little cousins who i love her to death she dressed up as Elsa one Halloween and sing that song. And it always reminds me of when she did that small memory. So things like what you said, like the music may not like pertain to you, but it could like, you know, cause it annoys the shit out of you. (laughs) Like when you're go to the Disney store or something, but it does click like a certain memory that you get associated with the song. And you just can't help but like be like happy about
0: it. Yeah. Nostalgia is a powerful, powerful thing, you know, Uh, it makes me think of that song Gangnam Style, <laughs> like pretty much like undeniably a shitty song. Mm-hmm. But I just remember that year, I believe it was the year 2012 when it, it, was really, 2012, yeah. when it really took off. Like I, it just took me back to a lot of cool shit that happened that year. <laughs> and I can't help but like just just, like, flash a little smile when I hear yeah. that song. You know, it's ridiculous, but that's the way nostalgia works. It's it's crazy. Okay, uh, so what else about um, Lion King? Oh, yeah, I had a few other things I wanted to praise. Um, that battle at the end between Simba and Scar, that was kind of badass, you know? There's that... Uh-huh. that um, that uh, slow-mo bitch slap fest you know that was pretty awesome um yeah and oh and i mean we have to talk about the death of mufasa right you know i, I have to think that um that really kind of elevated it from a lot of disney movies because you know it's a disney movie and I, you know and you're the expert more than me maybe you talk about this a little bit mm-hmm. but um to me i feel like disney movies don't really go there but this movie really went there they killed off this major character in a pretty brutal way and a pretty in your face way like you see simba like trying to wake up his dad and he's just like there, lifeless um i was kind of surprised like how in your face it was right um do you feel like that is one of the strengths of the movies that of the movie that it really kind of went there and and wasn't afraid to pull that punch i think so to a certain
1: extent with the lion king you kind of know who mufasa is and you kind of fall in love with the character and all of a sudden he's taken away from you yeah but it's not a theme that disney hasn't been shy from you know it's so known to kill off its parents like very early in the film like if you watch other disney movies like tarzan frozen big hero six um oh, yeah there's always a big character who's killed but it's like very in the beginning that you just don't have no connection to them okay but before the lion king there's like no other notable death that i could think of i think this was like a, definitely a first for a disney film
0: there you go yeah yeah when i was watching the movie i tried to think like what makes this movie so beloved like I, I like i know it's not getting to me but it's like oh it's, it's too late for me you know but <laughs> the, the ship has sailed for me but like there's got to be something about this movie that is just elevated from the rest and that that was my feeling that it's this mufasa character oh, yeah, and the timing yeah. of his death yeah. and uh-huh. all that you know
1: it's definitely i think that that death you know as a kid you're watching this, you kind of become like traumatized like oh yeah. my gosh this is a cartoon but someone died there's no real happy ending oh wait there is simba comes back (laughs) (laughs) right i could see
0: a lot of kids going through the experience that simba goes through this heartbreaking loss and then this rise to glory yeah you know um and uh a maturing you know a coming of age you know yeah um so that's powerful yeah and, and definitely at the end when um simba like goes back on pride rock Mm -hmm. and um you know rises once again um that to me i I did feel like was pretty powerful too um so i'm not saying outright that like this is just flat out a bad movie it it definitely had moments that were pretty powerful no question no question Mm -hmm. okay so um Got a few minutes left uh, to wrap up. Any last thoughts on uh, Lion King here?
1: Should we? I mean, I don't have any last thoughts on Lion King, but should we do what we usually do? Just like rate the movies?
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know if I really have a rating, but uh, we, we can get into that. Okay. Uh, but before we do that, um, I just had a few last thoughts. You know, it's funny, especially watching Akira and Lion King back to back last night it made me think a bit like when I was watching some scenes of violence and extreme weirdness in Akira and really like getting a charge out of it, like really like excited. And yeah, there's a nostalgia factor. Uh And then watching uh, Lion King and just having it be just kind of like, yeah, you know, it wasn't really, I wasn't really connecting with it, right? Uh-huh. It just made me feel like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> like, it <laughs> just, am I like, uh, like, cold-blooded or heartless or something? Like, it just made me, like, drum up some of those thoughts, especially now, like, like I'm a father now, and um, I don't know, like, you know, it was great watching my son enjoy Lion King, but I just, I just got to be honest, like, Me personally, I didn't get much Mm -hmm. out of it. It made me question myself a bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I do know that despite my love for Marvel and despite the fact that uh, I'm a parent now, um, I'm just flat out not really a Disney kind of person. You know, Um, a lot of people ask me about like, oh, uh, have have you taken Simon to Disneyland? And I haven't. And then the follow-up question is always, oh, when are you going to take him? <laughs> it's not like, oh, are you going to take him? It's like, when are you going to take him? Uh-huh. Of course you're going to take him, right?
1: It's like very assumed that Disney kid really? like go yeah, one-on-one. You got it, right? Uh-huh. But to
0: me, it's like I don't have that particular need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just not – a, a, a Disney kind of person. I mean, I shouldn't say that because Disney owns Marvel now and I love Marvel. But, um, you know, the, tr- the traditional, in the traditional sense, uh-huh. I'm not a Disney person. It's it's
1: funny you say that. Like, you know, I'm like the exact opposite. Like, if you were to tell me, like, tonight, like, you want to watch Akira or Lion King? Mm-hmm. And even though I know Lion King's like a kid's movie, I'll be like Lion King. <laughs> this one's <watch> Lion <laughs> King. Um, Akira, like, you know, watching it, I was like kind of like, like I said, all the violence, all the shooting. Like I'm used to watching that in Marvel films, Star Wars films, Terminator films.
0: But right. this movie, I know you love uh, the Daredevil TV yeah, show. That's a very yeah. violent show. Uh-huh, it is.
1: And during, but this whole time I was watching Akira, I was kind of just like cringing. I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> like, what is this? What am I watching? <laughs> like uh huh. And you know, if I were to watch Lion King, I'd be like, I know it's a simple plot, but I'd be like, Let's. So Let's blast, blast up the, the speakers when Akura Matata <laughs> goes on the air. And the whole time I was thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to come to this podcast and I'm going to totally get roasted. Because Akira is like <laughs> a beloved TV sh- anime show. Yeah. And I'm totally going to get roasted for it. And it's funny how you're saying how um Disney's not for you. And every there's a lot of people who come to me that are like, oh, you're a big comic book fan. Have you read like... Attack on Titan or mm-hmm. some other anime, like, um, what's it, what's it called? M- magma? Oh, oh um, uh, Manga. Manga? Yeah. Have you read that? I'm like, no, that's not really my thing. And they're yeah. like, but you read comics. <laughs> like, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's a difference. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. there's a difference. I just, it's not my thing. Comics, like Marvel, DC, I'd rather read that than magma.
0: Yeah. Uh, manga. Manga, see? <laughs> yeah. the name right. Yeah, but I, I agree. There is a very big difference between Western comics and manga. There's no question about that. Uh-huh. And I, that's fine, man. Like, um, you love what you love. I love what I love. And that's all good, dude. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> agree <Yeah>. to disagree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think not only is there... A bit of a generational difference going on here. A Gen X versus millennial type thing happening. Um, But also just personal tastes. Uh You know, I think that's great. I think that two huge Marvel fans like us. I think it's cool that like we have different interests other than Marvel. It's not like, oh, we both love Marvel. We must love all the other same stuff too right Mm -hmm. not quite the case right and i think it's pretty awesome that we're both open to you know getting a taste for what each other really likes right yeah it's a little disappointing that like so far everything we've introduced (laughs) to each other like neither person has really like Latched Been, on uh-huh. so much, you know. But I, you know, I think one day there, there might be something. There's actually, a, uh, maybe we'll finish with this. Um, you did watch Ghost in the Shell. I did watch for the Ghost first of- time, and you kind of liked that, right? I actually did like that okay. one. Okay. Uh huh. Well, there you go. Uh-huh. You know,
1: you know, I actually did like it a lot. That I am interested in watching the live action version, which I heard is not the same, and but. You know, I watched the trailer to Ghost in the Shell. I was like, okay, I could see the the similarities between mm-hmm. the anime and the live action. I'm interested in seeing how this plays out. So, Whereas before, I was like, screw that movie. It's totally whitewashing and everything. <laughs> but now I'm just like, okay, I'm open to it now.
0: And I would say it's definitely interesting to watch the Scarlett Johansson movie after watching the anime. Oh, yeah. You know, just <laughs> to compare it and, you know, and... um yeah just get get uh that uh background Mm -hmm. to it you know definitely okay so last little bit um you talked about rating the movies did you Uh have a a rating for Mm, these films out of 10 stars yeah we usually do it out of 10 right yeah
1: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. you want to go first or
0: why don't you go first i i'm not Mm -hmm. i didn't even think about this so why don't you go first and i'll think about it while you're giving your score
1: Okay, so I think we've developed this that, like, for me, if I rated seven or higher, that's like a recommendation for to Mm -hmm. watch it. Yeah, for me, I give Akira a five out of ten. Yeah.
0: Wow, you're cutting me deep here, man. (laughs) Five. I
1: I liked it. Would I watch it again? Maybe in a few years after I've like. completely forgotten about it and, be, and i didn't know what the plot line was and i was like okay let's rewatch. watch maybe i'll like it this time um that's my take on akira okay
0: and i'm assuming you're giving lion king a 10 out of 10
1: oh uh, oh you want to rate lion king also <laughs> yeah sure why not okay lion king Yeah, <laughs> actually no nine out of 10. Nine out of ten okay. yeah nine out of ten just because it is a kid's movie so it's not like i'll go out of my way to watch lion king if it was on i'd be like yeah, let's watch it. Ah, so
0: you do admit that if this is more of a kid's movie than a grown-up movie. Yeah, 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 I said that. Okay, okay. Well, that's, well, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, and it's kind of for that reason. I'm not giving Lion King a really low grade. It is a kid's movie, and um, it's not for me this movie is not for me. Yeah, And if anything, I should be rating the movie based on my son's reaction to it. Right? <laughs> and he had a very positive reaction. Um, you know, I went into a lot of detail about what I didn't really dig about the movie. So I'm not going to give it a glowing review, but um, we talked about like what constitutes like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Like to me, It's a six. That is like, that's my threshold. That's where Mm -hmm. I'll give a thumbs up. And I'm going to give it a six because I didn't really like it a lot. But I feel like the audience it was going for, children, Mm -hmm. let it be known, uh, I think it works, you know, absolutely. And then for Akira? Akira, um, definitely a beloved movie with me, but uh, I certainly agree that the plot is pretty incomprehensible, and um, there are times where it can be considered slow. Like, it might depend on my mood, um, but, uh, yeah, certainly there are times which could be considered slow, so I'll put it that way, and I'll give it a solid 8 for that reason. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And with that we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Porfirio.